Naturally Savvy is sponsored by Wakunaka of America, makers of Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract, Kyotophilus Probiotics, and Kyo Green Powdered Green Drink Mix. All natural healthy solutions to support your whole body well-being. Kyo means strength. Live a Kyo life. When I was in my 20s, I went through a very hard time. I mean, talk about adversity, Andrea. My goodness, my mother died. Six months later, my grandfather died. Six months later, a seven-year relationship broke up. Then my dad remarried. I mean, it was just like one thing after the other. And yeah, that was a very rough time. And I thought, I said, I thought my 20s were supposed to be fun. But anyway, um, I'd like to redo them, please. No, but you know, the reason I bring that up <laughs> is because today we're going to be talking about adversity and seeing the gift in it. And now looking back, I can see things that came out of all those experiences that actually were a gift. But at the time, it was not something I would see. What about you, Andrea? What have you seen in, in your your life, things that have been hard that have now become, you know, you see uh, something good in it? Well, I think that anything that we go through is always a lesson that we need to take from it and, you know, plow through it and move past it. So I'm very excited to talk to today's guest because I want to hear about his story and how he can encourage others to do that in times of adversity to really go through it and and come out on the other side shining. Well, this man is an absolute gem. We are talking about the wonderful Norman Rosenthal, MD. He's a psychiatrist, researcher, and author, best known for leading the team that describes seasonal affective disorder. Today, he's going to talk about his fabulous book, The Gift of Adversity. Hello there, Dr. Rosenthal. Hi. It's so nice to be on your show. Oh, it's so lovely to have you. So I mentioned some of my adversity. Why don't you talk to us about some of yours and how you came to this way of thinking as seeing it as a gift? Well, I think the interesting thing that both of you said is that looking back on it, you realize there were gifts, there were lessons. When we're in the middle of adversity, it's very hard to see anything positive about it at all, and maybe there's no need to. But I think that if we learn that looking back yields these kinds of gifts, then while we're going through, we still have trouble, we still have pain, we still have to get through, but we can hold that little flame of hope that after it's all over, something good may come out of it. And that's really what I saw when I sat down to write the biggest lessons of my life, that most of them came out of when things went wrong. You know, it's interesting that you say that. So, you know, what I'm interested to know is, let's say, for example, someone who has a lifelong battle with anxiety or depression. And it's not a specific incidence or, you know, that they went through that was causing that adversity. Is it, and it's something that they're living with on a daily, you know, on a daily basis. Is it possible that, you know, I guess over time it gets easier or are there lessons in that for them that you could help us with that kind of, it may not be something that happened that they're overcoming, but something that's kind of they're going through on a daily basis for maybe most of their life? I'd say it definitely gets easier because there are so many specific things you can do for anxiety and depression, and I'm not just talking meds. There are all kinds of therapies and strategies, many of which, incidentally, I do outline in my book. But once you learn that you can handle anxiety, that you can handle depression, it's not going to kill you, you can survive it, and indeed do very well, then you're equipped with all kinds of wonderful lessons that you can pass on. So I think many of our therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, addiction counselors, have been through their own troubles and have come out the other end because suffering makes you more empathic, makes you more in tune with other people. If you've never known anxiety, how will you ever treat somebody who has? Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that is such a good point. Dr. Rosenthal, I mentioned losing my mother and my grandfather very close together. Talk to us about some of your losses. I know that you lost both your parents, and I'm so sorry to hear that. Yes, I know. It, it is an important subject because it's one that we're all going to, almost all of us, unless we die before them, which is kind of almost worse, really, because they shouldn't have to say goodbye to us. But it's a, it's a thing we'll all have to deal with. And in my case, you know, sometimes they go quickly and sometimes they slip away slowly. And my dad died of a sudden heart attack on his 67th birthday. He'd had a wonderful mm-hmm. birthday. And at the end of the day, after his favorite dinner of fried eggs and steak, of course, <laughs> which <laughs> it's an irony that, <laughs> that that was how he went, but he went the way he lived and he the way he wanted to live. And uh, he went just in a flash. And, you know, there was the sudden shock of it. But one of his friends put it best. He said, you know, he would have been a really rotten patient. He would have hated sitting around <laughs> suffering. And really, if he'd have had his choice, this is how it would have gone. So we all had a good laugh because we knew it was true. And, you know, as, as a, a friend of mine said, you know, it was a little early, but it wasn't bad when you see a lot of people lingering on. And then... Um, in terms of my mother, she slipped away more slowly, which gave us more of a chance to say goodbye. And I remember, you know, I said, you know, I'm going to be 10,000 miles away when you're dying. I'm not going to be able to be there. And she said, you know, there's always the telephone. And with that, she gave me a little gift because, as it happened, I was in Stanley Park in Vancouver and thought of her slipping away and found a public phone. There was no cell phone reception and called her and it was our last conversation and a very happy one. And then, of mm. course, as I end the book, she left us a wonderful note, which I certainly hope I will do uh, if I ever get round to it. You know, none of us likes to think about planning for our own death because it's not a really fun topic, is it? Hmm. No, <laughs> but it is important. It is. Well, what advice, Dr. Rosenthal, do you have for people who are in the face of adversity or been through it to, to try to find the gifts, try to find the good so they Absolutely. can feel stronger you know, every, in their lives. Every kind of adversity is a little different. When it comes to saying goodbye to your parents, cherish every day. Find, talk to them about their childhood, about their memories. These are things that are going to pass away, and they'll all be very precious to you once they're gone. But I think there are some really basic things about adversity and that is to really accept it, to analyze the situation, to reach out for help, to turn it into a story. The power of the narrative is very great organizing influence. And then, you know, do whatever it takes to take care of yourself, because oftentimes when people are in adversity, their physiology gets disrupted. They don't sleep. They don't eat properly. Make a point. Remember that you are the sort of central processing unit. And if you don't take care of yourself, your life chaos is not going to be as well organized. So that would be the take-home message I would give to people in adversity. Take care of yourself. Let other people help you. Get all the resources you need. Analyze the situation and turn it into a narrative that explains it all and makes sense out of it. Well, the book is absolutely fabulous. I love reading your stories. What was it like to be so open? You know, it's come gradually. 
the first thing I did was to come out about my seasonal affective disorder because Mm -hmm. I felt so many of my patients had been so honest and had participated in the research. And it just didn't feel right to write books as though I was the sort of distant Olympic expert sitting on this Mount Olympus and judging all these poor souls. It just didn't feel authentic. I thought, you know, maybe people won't want to come to me because, you know, they'll know that I'm not that terrific in the winter. But actually, people have really loved it because they thought, oh, finally, somebody gets it. And, of course, I do all the things I recommend. I do my lights every day and all the good stuff. And so, as it happens, I function quite nicely in the winter. And nobody has actually ever held it against me. And, you know, I've realized gradually we started off with this idea that the psychiatrist has got to be a blank slate, but I never, ever had a good poker face. So there was no point in my trying to pretend I had one. People always saw what I was feeling. So finally, I decided I might as well be candid about it. And uh, actually, I've asked my patients how they felt about their psychiatrist divulging this much. And they were very subtle in their response, very... um, wise in their response. I think we're going to have to go. Bottom line, they've been cool. They've been fine. (laughs) Naturally Savvy is sponsored by Wakunaka of America, makers of Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract, Kyodophilus Probiotics, and Kyo Green Powdered Green Drink Mix. All natural, healthy solutions to support your whole body well-being. Kyo means strength. Live a Kyo life. 